You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. It's Aseris Yemei This must be Rizcha Da'aisa. I'm Aprom Kivalevich, and I'm here with Rabbi Yosef Gavriel Bechofel. And Rabbi Yosef, I know, Svarmakadashim tell us, and it's really in the, the, the davening itself. The hischadshus of the Bria. And it's more than that, of course. As the, as the Nazar said, is indicated when we blow the shofar. When we blow the shofar, Kodesh Baruch was mafiach in us. And of course, Rabbi Yosef Gavriel, I see that, boy, has your Neshama Chadosha taken off. Here it is, the beginning of the year. And, and, and it's a nefesh paroyes. Look how incredibly creative. I see that you're all over the place. I see that uh, you're giving a Shabbos Shuvet Rosha uh, tomorrow night. And I've also been zoicha, my Churia Pargud, to be able to read the proofs of a incredible article that you are planning to uh, to to give to the to the Tzibor Arachav. In the uh, journal of the journal of contemporary aloha, refounded, refounded, yes. And uh, I'm going to take credit for connecting you to this because my very close friend, uh, Rebeni Sommerfeld, who is the editor and uh, an incredible a yadin Talmud Chochem, an onov and a tzaddik, maybe in his own right. And I know he listens to Rizkos, so I know he'll be happy to hear this. Has been working together with you uh, as you are. Uh, producing uh, uh, what you believe is a groundbreaking article on the union of Shemir Psayim Hashem. Well, I want to say that I don't know him personally, so I cannot vouch everything you said, but he certainly is an incredible editor. Yes, and I know as, as we've edited each other, uh, we should have a, 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 a mashu, <laughs> more than just a mashu of the type of anivus and chokhmah that he has, because we usually get each other's throats and our editing for each other, but... Um, our editing as, as an element of Vengeance in it. <laughs> yes, well, so I got well, listen, you know, we have to have Midas Adin somewhere. You know, we have the Midas Adin. Yes, I, you know, it's somewhere, some, someday after we're gone, they're going to find many of our uh, poison pen of him to each other. And people will say, oh, this was the Raven and Balamor of, <laughs> of, of, of that century. Yeah. I'll cope on him. The point is, though, that I have been Zoha to not only see what you've written, but what Benny has, uh, Benny has inserted. And I see that a major article is definitely on the horizon. I know you're very excited about it. Um, and why don't you uh, tell us what you give us the thrust of it? So actually, the uh, we had a there's a big slight uh, issue with the first paragraph of the article. Um, I want I obviously put it there the quote from Ramosh Shushol Clinton, who's a rabbi in Nebrak and the rabbi of the Mayone Yeshua Hospital in Nebrak. Um, one of the uh, I, I given the article to. Um, a member of the editorial board of the uh, journal, who was the former editor, Rabbi Al Cohen, who, is, uh, <laughs> who should I dive in nowadays, actually to see, be more precise, in whose tent I'm diving nowadays. And um, he he didn't want to quote this Rabbi Klein because he felt that we should, it's not warranted to give him such credibility. Who knows even who this guy is? But I felt that this is important to quote him because he represents a certain approach today in uh, in, in what we could call want a better word, sock. And um, he comes out and says that it's true a majority of doctors, this is recently issued, like do it last week, a majority of doctors say that wearing a mask is very, very important. But 
a minority of doctors say that wearing masks is not at all important and perhaps even harmful because uh, the bacteria gets caught inside the mask and may make you sick. And therefore he says, uh, since the minority of doctors say that you don't have to wear the mask and it stares during davening and during learning to have this mask on, therefore you should not wear a mask. You should, uh, 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 it's funny which you should avoid. And uh, he cites Shem Epistolim Hashem as being a, a basis for this approach. He also cites in a very shocking and uh, uh, in in my opinion, totally incorrect uh, way, the uh, it says by Zugos and and then he says he leaves out that it says of course Shaden and coronavirus are very different things and to draw a parallel between the other, even if you're just trying to do an alliteration, it's completely inappropriate. On the other hand, Rabbi Echiel Pear on from Yeshua Okay, hold on. Okay, one second. Hold on. First of all, I want to. I, I know you're going to give us the whole, uh, the whole the Tomtus of the essay, and I love all the biographical stuff. And I'm definitely going to. We're going to be Nizar in in, in all our Yonim because we don't want to be. We don't have to ask Mechila a hundred times. But I will tell you that Rav Klein is pretty well known in Eretz Israel, and besides Al Cohen's. Um, uh, his taigus from from quoting him, uh, he actually has been out there, and I think g- giving some nice psalkim. So he isn't just a, a you know katla kanya baagba. Uh, I've been heard before. So yeah, I'm... yeah. Okay, look, you know, you, you have your ear. Right, no, 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 I'm, I'm a kabba. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So he is known, and I have seen him quoted in, in a number of. Uh, well, <laughs> again, this is another question for another rischa show, maybe post Jim Kipper <laughs> about who who gets quoted and who becomes the power players. But Rav Klein is definitely uh, well known, and he's written, and 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 I have quoted him actually earlier in, in, in one of my one of our episodes that we did in our show part Sufim about listening to music, and he was actually encouraging people to listen to music uh, during uh, this Tzkufa when Corona arose. W- um, but I think you should tell our our, our listeners that Rikil Peir has been making a yeshiva in, in a tremendous way, and he's been definitely a uh, a, a, a person as a Talmud of Aaron Kotler. He's been a very important link, but he, he's not known as a Pesach, right? Or Rikil Peir is not. Yeah. So I'm saying, so you're, I'm saying, I, I, I think, you know, me thinks that you're sort of like, you know, you know, you, Rav Klein, who, who, is making a name for some of us a place. And I think Rav Peer is, is, is one of the uh, people who represent Torah Judaism in, in, in America. I wouldn't say that he's issuing, you know, his psalkim, right? right? Absolutely not. I agree. I was, I was very impressed, although knowing Rabbi Peer, I'm not so surprised, but I was very, uh, very interested in the fact that he was going and telling us what's going to happen to these people in Salem HaMS. Um, oh, okay, that's a very strong statement. So why don't you tell us that? Because I think that's that's a good rischa. That's a that's a great rischa daraisa quote right there. Let's hear that. Yeah, he says, uh, Rabbi Peir said, and this is not a complete quote about from the uh, from the source, which I have somewhere on my computer. But he does say, among other things, that uh, everyone must wear a mask. Not wearing a mask is not a minor avera. If you do not comply with the mask rules, you are responsible for the deaths of older relatives whom, of those whom you infect. Even though one dies, you need a kapar just for your shia itself. And the pair then goes on without mincing words to, to describe the possible penalties at the hands of heaven that a person who does not wear a mask may face in this world and the next, consigning him to uh, the nether regions of the, um, the pit. 
Right. So, in the, so in the Alchet, that would be, what ice would that be? Would that be Shin? <laughs> would that be Shaloy Lavashtiya Samasecha? Or that would be Mem, maybe. Masecha, I guess we could put it into the Chidoz, from the, the Chidoz, Vida Yagodo, we could stick it in somewhere. And, okay, we're okay. running into Act Post, you'll give a mood here. <laughs> I just, the truth is, I happen to be one of the, when you see me outside, I've got a mask, even when I'm walking the dog, I'm and, and there's no one around. I'm wearing a mask. Sometimes it's this one that you can see here, the Dr. Seuss mask that my wife made for me. It's a Dr. Seuss Hepach mask, as you can see. And uh, we've got plenty of masks. So I'm a big believer in it, but I'm a believer in it in the terms of the message that it sends from Yosef, that even if you don't need it, if, if it, once people see a, a chink in the armor, even if it's not, again, you're getting into the halachas about, is it, and I know what you're going to talk about, so I'm going to let you say that that point, but I think that part of the perspective here is is that if we do start whittling away at it and coming up with reasons, then I think repair is correct. The whole binion falls apart, and, and right because once it becomes yeah mechitesi, then people will will throw the mask off, and and then you, you will never have situations like. And I, and I just want to I know you I want I want you to get to the ends of your article. I know I gave it a build-up, but I was very touched by something that I, I heard about Erev Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Shmuel Yershalmi, one of the greatest bibliophiles of, of the century, a Talmud Chochem Otzum, a tzaddik, an incredible human being who was known throughout the world of Mechgar and the world of all Svarim, uh, a Yid who lived in Botei Ungarin, who looked like a, a Rebbe, like, like, like you have there on the wall there, uh, even more of looking more Tzitkus-like than, than, than the person you have there on the wall. Really? Was it? Well, if you take a look at Rashmul Yashalmi, he looks like an incredible tzaddik. We do know who's on the wall here. You're not mentioning his name deliberately, right? Um, <laughs> I'm just saying, I don't want to compare the two. I'm saying you yeah, look I at him. <laughs> you, look, like, you look at him. I'm talking about the Hadras Panim that he had, an incredible Rebbe and tzaddik. And he was killed by, in the sense, by someone who knew he had corona and came into the shul where he was, wasn't wearing a mask, got close to him, and that the person expired a couple of months ago, Rashmu Yashalmi, Zekratzadek Levrocha. So Alfei Havdalas reminds me there was an actress named Pat O'Neill, I think her name was Pat Neal, and she had she was pregnant and a fan came up to her, it was back in the fifties, had German measles. Uh-huh. And, knew, and knew she had German measles. Patricia Patricia Neal, you're talking about the actress yeah, yeah, Patricia yeah. Neal. Yeah. You know, when it comes to movies, you're not going. You <laughs> yeah. know, yeah. That was where the 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 day there stood still. So yeah, the yeah yeah, yeah. So Patricia Neal Nebuch that she also yeah. yeah look we know what it can do so yeah. obviously once people see he's not wearing a mask it becomes I think that's what maybe Rabbi Pear means but go ahead I know that you have a halachic mitzvah that right. that you're so, being I, I don't like, so I go ahead. I don't have all the time in the world that I have to, have to go teach soon, so I'm going to be brief. But uh, it's, uh, most of the uh, post, most of the people who talk about Shem Hashem wonder and never come to an adequate uh, solution because I don't believe there is any. What the statistics are? I have a nephew who I once said who goes bungee jumping, and I said to him, "You know that's dangerous. You know how to do it. It's also a long because of a subject sakara." And he showed me statistics, and he showed me. Bungee jumping and skydiving are actually much safer activities than driving in a car. So uh, you know, you, you much higher chances of, of being killed anytime you go into a car than you do when you're bungee jumping. So the question then becomes, of course, okay, so that but it can't have to do with statistics. So it can't do with statistics. What does define Shomer Psoyim Hashem? And without going again to the Arikos of the article, 
there's an pr- amazing chazonish about Slavic Sakonis to Fashos. And the chazonish about Slavic Sakonis to Fashos is basically that there are a lot of issues in Slavic Sakonis to Fashos where your level of bitachon has a lot to do with whether for you it's considered Slavic Sakonis to Fashos or not. And he was talking specifically about in, in, towards the end of the uh, Second World War. You know, during the Second World War, Italy bombed Tel Aviv. And there were, there were actually significant casualties. And, of course, they had air raid wardens and air raid sirens. But towards the end of the war, of course, the the hands of Tel Aviv or Nebuch being bombed were much less. And uh, the question was, well, if they hear propellers in the sky, should they actually sound the alarm? And uh, the Chazanish says that uh, the, you know, if somebody really is Choshesh, then they have every right to be Mechal Shabbos. If somebody's not choshesh, they don't have the right to be mechal shabbos. And he makes it very subjective when it comes to suffix sakonis de fashos, where and he mentions where there's no definitive sakana. Again, not definitive doesn't mean badai sakana, but something where experts and doctors and so on and so forth don't tell you that there is a definite sakana. You feel that there's a sakana involved. And the Chazanish says that in such cases, you certainly are have right to be chal shabbos, but other people do not necessarily have that right. In the end, he says the fascinating thing of this chadish requires amazing. Right, right. So, so let me just—I know you're going quick here, but I, what Rabbi Bechafer has said, uh, dear listeners, hundreds of you everywhere, thousands, is that um, that this idea of subjectivity, and that is something that has been expounded, whether it was post the Chazanish or after the Chazanish, that we have heard. That has been out there in the public domain, that the idea of Shomer Pesayim Hashem is dependent on how you're feeling and, and what how you're taking it. That has been, but but you found something even beyond that subjectivity, and that is, go ahead. Okay, before, uh, two, two things. First of all, I get, before I get to that second thing you're referring to, there is that um, the Chazanish at the end of that, uh, that piece says, and this is a piece which is in the Chazanish itself. Um, it says that, um, oh, I don't remember this in the letter in the Chazanish itself, but in any event, the Chazanish says that in this case, <laughs> we decided that a siren you can sound, but you can't turn off, a, you can't extinguish a candle because of blackouts. Mm-hmm. Because that was the get there of this suffix. So that, that in and of itself required a tremendous amount of ink to understand what, how the Chazanish can say it's enough of a suffix for a siren, and not even for the VI individual, and not enough of the subject to be machaba in there to keep the blackout or to turn on the lights in the Miklat. Uh, would have to do, again, I mean, I'm just shooting here from my hip, but I, I would assume, you know, that uh, there's enough gemin in between uh, a malocha kibui uh, and. What? Right, right, but but sounding a siren is Ashmos Kol. There's isn't necessarily it's not there's it's not an Easter Darais. So whereas uh, being Machabe, even though you're being Machabit, you know whether it's a whether it's a Mochash Tzichel Guf or not, there there, there might be a side of an Easter Darais there. But go ahead, that's what I would say. The Chiluk is go ahead, right. um, without spilling so much ink, just Palabatish. Go no, ahead. <laughs> okay, I'll take your stuff. So then, uh, somebody, yeah. by the way, told me that they were riding their bicycle, before, riding their bicycle before Yavam Naroyim, and they were listening to the last show. And he said he almost fell off his bike when he heard your uh, uh, vits from Rav Hutner. Um, 
and uh, about Mispal Bekavana and Mispal Mormovkavana. And he also he, he also had a great belly laugh when you referred to me as the Don Rickles of the rabbinical world. So go ahead. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I think that was actually your. I said it, but you said yes, yes, you are that one. <laughs> but go ahead. Um, so the um, so then he, he, the fellow asked him the question about the sirens. Rabbi Wolf from the seminary in Bnei Brak, uh, asked him for a source for the way this is brought down in another source by a rabbi. Um, who's the rabbi? Bring this down. Nephew of Shlomo Zaman, Rabbi Ruben in Yerushalayim. So he says, sure. down, uh, uh, I, uh, it's brought down from a newspaper called Diglano, which I don't have. I don't think it's online, so I don't have access to it. The Diglano. From Rabbi Ruben is Bavus. Rabbi Ruben Bavus in 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 Harnov. Bavus to Paisik. Yeah. Yeah. So I, uh, that's him. But I, he's quoting a newspaper from 1948, which I don't know how I could access. So um, from 1940s. So in any event, so that uh, he, uh, Rabbi Wolf says he asked the Chazanish about uh, the the basis of the Psak that uh, Slavic Skanskvarshals can be uh, pers- personal and subjective. What's the source in the Shas? And the Chazanish, going to this story, did not answer directly. But rather, he told him the following story, that there was once a rabbinic conference in Godne, and in the, the, the Club of Chaim was asked to participate in this conference. And there was a time when, I guess, the Poland, the Polish government, because I think Godne and time on the Polish side of the border, not the Lithuanian side of the border, if I recall correctly. And the Polish government was nationalizing industries, and uh, one of the industries that wanted to nationalize was the tobacco industry, and there was a big factory where they were going to now require all workers to work on Saturday. And there were many, many Jewish workers in this factory. And they asked the Chavit the, put out Kolkari saying that it was forbidden to work on Shabbos, because this kind of chizik may be, from the Chavit might do the trick of preventing them from being Mechal Shabbos and working in the factory. And the Chavit refused to put out this Kokari. And he said that I have no way of knowing for an individual worker in the factory, perhaps um, for him that is a suffix, because maybe if he doesn't work on Shabbos, so then he won't have food to eat. Because he won't have any salary and he won't be able to purchase purchase bread, so therefore for him it is suffix and therefore he would be allowed to work on Shabbos in the factory. And the Chazanish went on to say that uh, obviously Chavetz Chaim would have refrained from working on Shabbos if he wasn't working in the factory, but he would not protest against workers who felt compelled to work on Shabbos and account of Bigoch Nefesh. So Chazanish concludes in this that we see that the parameters of Bigoch Nefesh are linked to the level and character of. The per- the person in- the person involved, which is uh, an amazing it's, thing. But the Rabbi Trevor says something similar. What's that? What's that? Before you go, to, I I remember when I read the articles, but there was another. First of all, it's an incredible. I know you're rushed, but I think our listeners need to know that this is an incredible hot stalker for all the Yidin who came to America who felt that they were or from Yidin, but unfortunately worked. And many of them have hung their head in shame because we've extolled all those great tzaddikim who didn't work, right? And everybody say, oh, my grandmother came and my grandparents came and they never worked. And they, and, right, they get buried in the better place in the cemetery, but everybody else, this is, this Chofetz Chaim needs to be told to people. So yeah. people don't have to be embarrassed about what their grandparents did and say, never, they were like the Muranos. Yeah, it's Marabsin even. When I saw those Chazan, this 
story. And you know, you know what I'm talking about because we, we we constantly hear about look what America and and really it's a whole different life of America. I think Zevel, if I need to send you need to send him that because he's 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 written a lot about American Jews. But what about this other Nakuda that you're not talking about, the Bitochon? What about I'm sorry for for jumping the gun. I thought you were going to say it. It depends on your level of Bitochon. You were. Well, I was about to. I wanted to say the Rogachaver first. Okay, go Rug- ahead. Rogachaver writes that when a person is afraid of an imminent, the way I put it. A translation, the imminent advent of brigands and bandits is allowed to violate Shabbos to flee, even the danger is not definite and present. However, others who do not share this fear should not violate Shabbos on his behalf. By the way, this, uh, th- there are all these stories, I don't know how many there are, but there's so many stories that are, which irk me all the time about uh, people who refuse to take the trains on the, during the Holocaust to save themselves if they, the trains ran on Shabbos. And they were saved, uh, nevertheless. People do not take the trains on Shabbos back then. We're uh, actually committing a grave iser. So uh, we very often put uh, praise people who are not praiseworthy because we have a distorted sense of values. But um, getting back to this, so yes, the Chazan Ish here, and this is where Rabbi Sommerfeld pointed out that it should be linked to the Chazan Ish and Mura Bitochem and his notion of Bitochem. Says <laughs> in that uh, he's right. Uh, that's what I said. He's a great editor. Yeah. That's what a great editor does. Go ahead. Yes, uh, said, <laughs> was clear, saying clearly that the level of a person's bitachon is what determines very often what's considered to be a suffix tzakonis leposhos for that person. And the more the the uh, the way that I translate from Chazanish. Uh, although we, we do not follow the majority, but ma, 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 we do not follow the majority of matters of Pukach Nefesh, Nefesh is dealing with issues in which the potential Pukach Nefesh is very remote. We do not treat them as Pukach Nefesh, meaning universally, and it's contingent on the measure of one's Bitochem. Therefore, not protest against an individual who is stringent and does want to consider something, does, does himself consider Pukach Nefesh. So obviously, the Chazanish is bringing here uh, uh, the element of Bitochem as being a determining factor in whether some of the subjects are the partials for a person or not. It's not a statistical thing. It's very highly subjective, except, obviously, as he himself points out, where a physician, or, uh, or I would say another expert, and I would add the consensus of uh, uh, experts, certainly would be a factor, is that this is definitely a subject of the partials as opposed to a subjective one. So that is why I said that Chavish in the end is not, uh, not cannot serve as a basis for Rabbi Klein's sack. In fact, Rabbi Klein's would strongly uh, disassociate himself from Rabbi Klein's sack. But this, again, the idea of Shem B'Shem Hashem, therefore, is not clearly not one which has to do, again, if you're assuming that Savi Son of Bodesh. It's not again. First time saying this. The Savi, uh, uh, to my opinion, is suffix that causes the Fushers. It's definition. In a place where it's not clear cut. And Shem B'Shem Hashem, are two sides of the same coin. And that means that if a person has enough bitachon that he does not consider suffix not conscious the fashos, such a person can be considered to be a pesi who comes to carry the Shem Pesoyim Hashem. Not in a negative sense. Very often we think a pesi is a, is a foolish person. No. In this way the Chazal use Shem Pesoyim Hashem, it clearly is told about a person who has bitachon and lives his life in a normal way, trusting that a Kosh Baruch Hu is going to help them lead life in a normal and appropriate way. So, so your exploration in this area has led you to say, that, and it's based on the, the Saratayra, the real Saratayra, the Chazanish, that um, the Goyen, really, the Goyen Otsun, that 
you cannot apply, uh, you can't, you should still wear the mask. In other words, even if you're Baal Bitochan and you believe in the Rabbeinu Shalom as the ultimate Reifik al and being Meser Kol Amachlis, once the Doctorum have already uh, uh, indicated this, then there's nothing that can be done. Correct? And you should, right? This is what I think Rabbi Bachar said. I sharp in, in the next paragraph, which I wrote, which I, you have not seen yet, or maybe you have. Yes, yeah, so I, I have the living thing here. I, what, you just tell me what, what, what you're. What, what last you, paragraph. Okay. Last, All right. I'm going to. I'm. This is like Moshe Rabbeinu reading from the Sefer Abris. So I'm. I'm. You're reading your own Sovim to me. So go ahead. Let me hear it. This last paragraph I have so far. This is the thing about Rabbi Klein who examined at the beginning of the, this essay. Uh, is uh, our extremely problematic position to take away. By his own admission, they fly in the face of the majority of recognized experts. Rabbi Klein treats Shomer B'Sayin Hashem as a kind of kingly, a principle unique to monetary law by which a musak may refuse to relinquish it in the face of overwhelming numbers of authorities who assert that it, that his hold is unlawfully incorrect and illegal, so long as he has even one authority upon which we like, concerning whom he can say kingly, I'm certain that the law is in accordance with that, that, with that sole authority. And this is precisely how the Chazal reject. And they say that even when there's a remote possibility of definite, definitive danger, we avoid the, unquestion, the questionable behavior. We are now allowed to maintain a false bitachon in such circumstances. Well, I, again, I, I, again, just as I think I told you before we started recording, I, I've dealt with this topic a little bit as an editor and being involved with people that give insurance on it and found Makairis including I sent some stuff to you. But it seems to me that all the examples that Chazal give of Shem Rebbe Hashem, which you outline in your article, and you can find online and, and other places as well, um, are not talking about a, a, a question where a disease has, is definitely spreading and is already here, as opposed to the cholera epidemic isn't yet here yet. We have, we have found this baby, uh, microscopic as it is, and it's here. All, even the cases of you know a, 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 a small child uh, being involved in Tashmish, uh, uh, the cl- Eva taking Hakos Saddam on a cloudy day, all those those cases, we're not talking about a machla and a sakana, which is mamish here, a living entity that we know is spreading, and therefore I, 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 that's Kivalevich's Balabatish way of saying how this this whole question I think you know shouldn't even be uh, brought to the fore. There, I think we're all frustrated by the con- the conflicting views of various doctors and various agencies, and I think that is difficult. And, and, and I would say for Rav Klein, if somebody has a problem with breathing, so stay home and don't go to shul. You know what I'm saying? If wearing the mask, if wearing the mask is actually causing you to have a difficulty in breathing and, 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 and learning, <laughs> there's another Eitzah. And the Eitzah is don't don't be involved with people, right? Yeah, I would like to add that uh, in, terms of false, in terms of practical uh, history, short-term history, I just read an article in the Gary Base Medicine who find there are 2,000 people without any precautions on Rosh Hashanah. Some of them, uh, and now many of them, are uh, have been diagnosed with coronavirus. And uh, the Shiva, which I still didn't know it still existed, usually. <laughs> also, the same thing. They dive together Rosh Hashanah, and now many people have coronavirus because, and he's a younger buffering. And, and I understand that the people were saying that the, my friend Rabbi Hoffman was writing in an article how it's a super spreader, the blowing of the chauffeur itself. You can't get a, a you can't get a greater super spreader than that. So right. it's, it seems to me that it was a um, yeah. It seems to me that the the tausim, you know, Akadosh Baruch Hu should be mechaper us on these type of shigias. 
but it sounds like you there's, know there's yeshiva high school in the where I near where I teach, where in Versailles, in the Clifton, where they uh, also were not mocked on masks and uh, and, and social distancing, and now the entire school is out because some since a few people got sick, other people got sick. So I, you know, well, this a misplaced bikachon is a first of all, it's a, the couple of points I did not make in my article, which I probably should. One, it's a chilashem. Yes, we've talked about this in this on yeah. this program often. But right. go ahead, right? Two that e- even if I don't wear a mask because I have tremendous bitachon, that doesn't give me a right to have bitachon of yanim which and, uh, is uh, and again it, right. And and I think because uh, as you know, and I'm, I'm, I'm for those we're not going to have, but I'm showing my mask here to review Yosef constantly. And and point of part of the thing here is is that we send the message. This is all about a deterrent. It doesn't, again, it's Klein Keplkite to think about, well, I'm a Balbitachan, I'm different. When the Metzius is that once you're maskless, the whole deck of cards falls off and uh, it, it falls down. And that's really, again, the Klein Keplkite of people. You know, look, um, I, the Rabbanishov should definitely be matzalas from these type of shkias and give us briris adas. I mean, that's, that's, I think really we both, I think that's both our tefillas here that, that, uh, we're, we're, we're happy that you're out there, uh, at the front lines of, of a chidushim. Before we sign off, before Yom Kippur, and maybe we'll, we'll, we'll have, uh, you know, I know we don't have to ask Mechila from each other because I've asked Mechila from you a couple of weeks ago. <laughs> I don't think, I, I don't think I need to ask Mechila again. I, I but... think we have like 007 license to kill each other. But... <laughs> <laughs> the double zero is the main thing. My, I have one zero. You're the other zero. That's like the O O. <laughs> double O. It's like FS two Ephesius. Um, but I'm saying, uh, do you have a sense of what you want to? You know, I know that you're having the Shabbos Shuvah What you know? Again, what what is there? What, what's going to be your topic? Do you have an idea of what you want to talk about yet? Um, I, I, I think I want to speak about Soilaz also, because I think it's a problematic thing. Uh, in other words, how, how Kapara Soilaz also works. Yeah. Uh, well, look. I, 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 I'm happy to get there. Yes, I, well, look, the, the, the first place to look is the... Uh, is, okay, you you want to do Machshava or you want to do Halacha? No, Machshava. A Machshava, okay. Yeah. Um, I, I, so I was thinking you were going to go, go in terms. Yeah, look, Avinas uh, Tom, listen, you know as well as I do that there's a there's a Veltz. Hopefully, you'll have a big seaboard, and I don't know if I'll be able to give the link, but I will try to give the link on the, on, on the episode page for everybody to, who wants to come to hear. But again, Lachira, you know, uh, uh, I have to tell you, just to, I'm not sure what I'm going to do, Kip. I'm not sure if I, I told you this yesterday when I was when I was walking. I'm not sure if I'm going to go out to uh, to Shul Bechlal. I don't know. It seems to me that um, spending hours, if I'm not outside, spending hours inside a building um, yeah. with people, you know, again, even though you want to Hautzachain, I think Yom Kippur sort of leads you to, I mean, how how are people going to say Hashem Kim at Nilo? Like, they're going to whisper it, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's going to come Hashem Kim and, and people are going to, like... Well, I, have, I happen to have the, I'm having a tent which is open all four sides and... Uh, I sit in the front row of the tent. There are only two rows, so um, so I don't think my. Asthma so, wearing a mask, so, but I think so, that's okay. 
so the aerosol won't go at them. Call upon them, we should all be Zoho, Baruch Hu, try to find out what it is the Rabbanu Shalom wants from us. And, and Mir Tzashem, um, you know, Bezoicha, not only to have a Vidu Yamiti and a, and a Kabbalah. There's a program with Shem Kippur and Sukkot, right? I'm going to do one on this. Well, I'm okay. I'm okay doing another one before. Glad to see my toilet to everybody. Mir Hashem. So we'll see you, Mir Hashem. Hopefully we'll see you next week. And as we say, uh, as we say, it's, 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 as we say, the greatest uh, response is to write note. Rabbi or you can write Rabbi Belkoffer and he can, uh, as you know, he's he's all over the place in social media. So you're going to be able to find him and, and tell him what you think of Rizcha de Raisa and others and, and, and get him to come for other things. Be well. Take care, Kevra. Aguten. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode. 